Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to the Recovering Car Dealer live, and you were just listening to him, recorded. Uh, doing this show for a long, long time, 17 years. Welcome, uh, our regular listeners, and I think we've got quite a, a broad base. I say broad, we're international now, all over. And uh, that's because we stream. I'm not saying the radio signal here is that strong, but we do stream on YouTube and Facebook. And uh, our new listeners, uh, you're in for a treat. I, I say that uh, a little bit unembarrassedly because I think you're really going to like the show. Uh, we're unusual if you listen to radio or stream stuff. Uh, you know, around on, on the internet. I don't think you'll find anything like uh, Earl Stewart on Cars. We are a candid, uh, real-life, uh, uh, live um, explanation to you. Uh, we're entertaining, too. We're, but our, our main purpose in life is to help you buy or lease a car. Uh, it's an unusually bad experience for most people. And there's a Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics and professions that backs up what I have to say. Every year since 1977, the Gallup organization has been interviewing, or polling, I should say, Americans. Uh, they do it uh, on all professions, all the major professions, businesses. And they ask, uh, you know, what is your reaction to this particular business, whether it's nurses or doctors or car dealers or lawyers or congressmen or whatever it is, and they, I think they have like the top 50 professions, and they say, in terms of transparency, honesty, and ethics, and guess who comes in last every year? It's car dealers, and that's a long time, 1977, we're coming up on 50 years of, uh, of this sort of a thing. You'd think there'd be an improvement or a curve normally, and that's what happened with all the other retailers. They, they improved as they realized, and I think as consumers became smarter, more demanding, uh, most of the retailers kind of jumped on the bandwagon in the 21st century. A lot of them have it figured out, but the car dealers are still operating like we were, and I say we because in full transparency, I am currently a car dealer. We're oper operating like we were in the mid-20th century, and I think uh, you agree with this. So that's what the show is. We're going to help you. We listen uh, to real-life experiences. We love when you call in. Uh, your comments and suggestions are the lifeblood of this show. We ask you to call 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. That's our regular telephone number. I mean, that's what radio shows are all about. Uh, telephone, call-in, talk show. It's exciting. It's probably the most exciting form of radio, in my opinion. And, uh, but we also have a text number because a lot of people just don't want to be chit-chatting live on radio. I mean, there's a lot of people out there, 20, 30,000 people listening, 
And if you add the internet, I don't know how many are listening. We can't count that. Our text number is area code 772-497-6530. Write the number down. You probably don't have anything you want to text <laughs> us about right now, but 772-497-6530. And of course, we have an anonymous line. This is something that nobody has. I don't know why more people don't jump on this bandwagon. Everybody knows that people will tell you things anonymously that they won't tell you face to face. And you know, you can, you, you can be uh, critical of that. And you can say, well, if they were, uh, you know, if they had the courage to tell you the truth, I, I don't agree with that. I think people sometimes just don't want to be uh, inconvenienced, annoyed, uh, bothered. They have something they want to say and then they want to walk away. That's the reason we have anonymous feedback for uh, crimes. We have anonymous feedback for violations of all sorts of things. Uh, you need to get the feedback, or you get some, you get some uh, stuff that you don't want to hear, but that's life. If you want to listen to the truth, sometimes you have to hear some things you don't want to hear. So, youranonymousfeedback.com. Easy to remember, right? Your anonymous feedback. Put a .com on it. Who's anonymous feedback? Your. That's right. Y-O-U-R. See, that's a mnemonic device right there. Exactly, yes. Anonymous. Right. A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. Right. Anonymous. Your anonymousfeedback.com. It's become our single most popular source of input. Who would have thunk it, right? And uh, retailers out there, by the way, that's not a bad idea. You want to find out what your customers really think about you? You want to find out what your employees really think about you? Or maybe you don't want to find out. Some of you, I wouldn't blame you for not wanting to find out, but seriously, it's a great way to improve uh, business people, car dealers. Let your employees talk to you on your anonymous feedback.com. Uh, in case you want to really do it, and I'm doing a commercial for incognito, and that's not spelled like you normally spell it, incog, N-E-A-T-O, I-N-C-O-G, N-E-A-T-O. And I believe the website is dot U-S, incognito. Is that right, Stu? Incognito.us, unusual suffix. No, it's actually very strange. It's, uh, it's who answered oh, it's right. dot me. Hmm? Dot me. Dot, dot me. me. Yeah. Is that right? Anyway, I, I'm, 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 I'm digressing. you getting off the subject. So uh, what I'd like <coughs> to do is remind you that we're not a show just about buying and leasing cars. We're also a show about fixing cars, repairing cars, maintaining cars. Don't forget Rick Kearney one of the greatest auto technicians, auto computer scientists anywhere in the world. And I say that, I know I'm embarrassing him. He's turning a little rosy there, but it's true. I mean, he's just outstanding. And trust me, I know I've been around for a long, long time. And I've talked to a lot of technicians and I've been through a lot of dealerships. I've owned a lot of dealerships, had a lot of service departments, and Rick is the best of the best. So if you have a problem and your car is stuttering or stammering or shaking or rattling or rolling or making a noise or smelling bad. I mean, there's little things that go on with cars. We say, oops, boy, I hope that doesn't happen to me when, when I'm on my way to grandmother's house on I-95. And so if you're nervous about it and you don't want to go into a car dealership, car dealership, a lot of people don't want to go into commercial establishments today, maybe you could just delay having this fixed. Call Rick, 877-960-9960. That's 877 877- 960-9960, and then we've got Nancy Stewart, my wife, my co-host, 
co-founder of the show back in the, I, I keep saying 17 years, it's probably 20. Time flies when you're having a good time. You ladies out there, she especially would like to hear from you ladies, and uh, she's going to tell you about a special offer for the first-time lady callers. She is an advocate for the females of the world. And for some reason, we have a hard time maintaining parity on this show with female callers. So, Nancy, go get them. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. You know, we have something unique here, very unique. Uh, we have a radio show with no commercials for two hours. We have all kinds of information for you, and yes, we depend on you to give us a call because you're a big part of the show with your information, just in case we get it wrong, because you do make the show. And uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's pretty unique. It's unlike any other radio show. And it's all, guess what, free advice. That number is 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And as Earl said, we do have something special for the ladies. Uh, ladies, I'd love for you to give us a call and I'd like you to share your experience, how your, well, car shopping, well, how it went. Did you have a great experience, bad experience? Do you have something to share with us? Did you take your car in for service? How did that go? We'd love to hear from you on any level. And again, that number, 877-960-9960. And as Earl said, don't forget, www youranonymousfeedback.com text number for those of you that are shy 772-497-6530 now back to the recovering car dealer well let's get started um why don't we on the text and youtubes and things of this nature um i don't want to uh, skip over mentioning Stu stewart who is the general manager of our dealership um, I say that because, as I said earlier, we are a car dealership currently, been around for a long time. This is not an infomercial. Nancy said earlier this uh, radio show has no commercials. That's the gratis of this radio station. It's a public service of uh, uh, two hours, and it's a public service to you, uninterrupted. Uh, we don't pay for this show. This is a show that we do because we are trying to inform. It's not an infomercial. You will hear nothing about our dealership unless people call and they ask questions i just can't hang up on them but we do have we don't talk about the name of our dealership we talk about how you can buy a car and avoid being taken advantage of or lease a car have your car maintained or repaired so uh Stu stewart is general manager of that dealership he's also Earl, our cyber master i forgot to mention why we have something so special for the ladies fifty dollars $50 for the first two new lady callers. Now back to Earl Stewart. 50 bucks, unconditional by the way. Uh, you don't have to do anything. If you haven't called the show before and you're female, we will pay you $50, we send you a check. Uh, as I say, it's unconditional, just cash, ka-ching. So please take advantage of that, you lady callers out there, spread the word, we need to build, we wanna be 50-50. We wanna have half female and half male callers. That's the way life should be. The women need their fair share of the world, and they, 
they're getting there, but they're, th they're getting there too slowly. So you ladies, please call the show. Stu Stewart uh, runs the dealership, and he's also our cyber master. He's in charge of a mystery shopper that goes out every week. It's probably the highlight of the show, and uh, it comes in the last half hour. We're a two-hour show, and uh, he... Uh, it's, it takes a lot of work and thought, and uh, it's uh, something to behold. We name names, we name uh, the sales manager, the salesman involved. We don't ma name the mystery shoppers because they're undercover agents. You can't do that. So, Stu, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about that, and then uh, give us some text that you might have over there. Absolutely. I get nervous every week when we do a mystery shopping report. I mean, you pointed out time and time again that uh, we haven't been sued. We've had one nasty letter <laughs> that we responded to appropriately and that went away. Um, but every single week I'm like, someone's gonna get mad. Uh, I think this week uh, qualifies for that. It wasn't, uh, I don't wanna give anything away, but it wasn't wasn't the, the best shopping report we've ever had as far as the, uh, the behavior of the dealership. So yeah. uh, I'll leave it at that and you stay tuned uh, in the last half hour of the show. And then also as far as the text and the anonymous feedback, I think we get as many uh, text and online questions as we do callers um, sometimes more on some shows which yeah. is great it's it is tough to uh, wrangle them and I do want to just put an appeal out there to any listeners who, who, who send in text and we haven't got to them sometimes we do run out of time out of time but I get to those uh, first on the um, following show eventually we get them all yeah we do so um, keep listening and if you do miss a show by the way um, Earl mentioned that we are streaming live on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter um, but those videos stay um, uh, stay on those channels. So if you want to catch the show Saturday night or the next day, just go to facebook.com slash Cars and the video's there, I guess, forever until we delete it, and we're not deleting them. Same thing on YouTube. So uh, you can always catch the show. All right, so I will start with the first text. This came from uh, Brian out in California. It was waiting for us in the inbox here at 4.36 a.m. <laughs> so I guess... He was up late. That's probably, what is that, three hours earlier in California? So yeah. Yeah, that's not too bad for a, for a Friday night. Mm -hmm. uh, it says, hey, Stu, Brian from California, and today I have a question for Rick. I put an aftermarket um, MRBP axle back exhaust on my 2018 Mustang GT about a month ago. It's basically a muffler delete setup. You cut the original muffler's exhaust tips off and strap this aftermarket straight pipe exhaust on. Every, everything's worked fine on, and I'm happy with it. Two days ago, Scotty Kilmer on YouTube, we've heard about him, uh, told a viewer that this type of aftermarket exhaust, which is like a muffler delete, can cause the ECU in your car to go crazy. He said, you must find a tech that knows how to modify your car's ECU, otherwise you may permanently damage your engine and even go as far as burning up pistons as the car tries to compensate for the modified exhaust airflow. Do you think this is accurate? Um, I followed all the instructions for the installation and there is nothing about having to modify my car's ECU. It's been running fine and no one else with my car has had issues. Uh, what do you think? I drive it every day and so far so good. I don't want to break it. Thanks as always for everything guys. Be well. Can I just jump in here first? This is a highly technical question from a very knowledgeable one of our very best callers and there's some terminology being thrown around out there and most of our listeners don't even know what an ECU is. And so let's, uh, let's try to uh, speak uh, English when we answer. I, we're not Did you notice time. I was going cross-eyed when I was reading it? <laughs> <laughs> so Brian, he'll understand you even if you speak it uh, for the average uh, troop out there. 
Well, the, the ECU is the engine control unit, the computer. And the first thing is, uh, though I hate to argue with Scotty Kilmer because I agree with a lot of his stuff, technicians cannot modify the computer of the car. That is federal government EPA regulations. You cannot modify the way that engine computer controls the engine because of emissions laws. You, That's can't, you can, but you're not supposed to. Right. It's illegal. And it, especially if it's an on-the-road car. If it's an off-the-road car, a race car, whatever, that you're not driving on the road, you can do whatever you like with it. But if you're going to be running it on the road, that computer, you're not supposed to mess with it at all. You're not supposed to do any modifications. And modifying the exhaust, like what this gentleman described, is changing the pipe after the catalytic converters, which are what controls all the emissions. So that part is legal in most states, but what it's actually doing is when you change that muffler and get rid of all the, the muffler, there's less restriction to the exhaust and the computer has to try to compensate for it. Now it's not likely to cause engine damage, but it can cause some performance issues because the computer has to recalculate how it's going to run the engine to compensate for that loss of, the, of what's called back pressure, which is the restrictions in the exhaust that the computer's expecting to see, and now it's no longer seeing it. Now I flash back to my youth. I did, Brian, I didn't think people were still doing that because when I was a very young man, uh, it was very popular to cut the, uh, the pipe, the exhaust pipe, and run straights yep. out. And you put a little cap on there so that maybe your parents wouldn't know you did that. Yep. And, and then when you got away from the house, you get down on your back and you roll into the car and you take a wrench and you take the caps off and then the exhaust would run straight out of the engine and sound like a Sherman tank. And that, that was the old cars back in the yeah. 60s, the late 50s, the 60s, the 70s, when the muscle car era was really getting going and before we had all the emission standards on the cars that we have nowadays. Yeah. So in effect, you're really not going to change much by putting a, a half exhaust on like that. Um, you won't need to adjust anything with the computer. But you sure make your neighbors mad. Oh, yes. It's kind of like uh, those guys that have a Harley Davidson and they oh, get rid of the mufflers and just oh. put straight pipes on them. And then they go up next to you and they rev it up and your <laughs> windows vibrate. I mean, to me, it's just, uh, no, you're, you're really not helping the engine much that way. Yeah. Um, for the little bit of an increase in speed that you might get, well, more power to you, but yeah. I, I guess I've just gotten a little bit old. I'm, I'm happy with the speed that I get out of my stock system, and I'm good with it. Thank you, Rick. Okay. All right, we're going to go right over to Anne Marie's text. Uh, it's another great one. So she sent me a link uh, to an article in Jalopnik, which is a great car website. There's just so much information there. Um, and it's a list of the worst, here, let me pull this up. It's which dealers, I mean, which ma manufacturers have the worst dealers. And there's a list here. And she wants to know um, if that matches up with what we've experienced on our mystery shopping report. So here's the list. And this just came out. Uh, so this is a very recent article. It came out Monday. Oh. So here they rank them. And this is uh, just a blogger, so it's not from any official Can source. Can I guess? Yeah, let's go ahead. What is the number one worst? Uh, and and the, by the way, the list goes from the worst to the best. So the very bottom, the last is the best. Nissan. Number one. Did you look this up? 
No, I just knew, and I didn't see that. I just knew that Nissan has been abusing their dealers so badly. Yeah. They're almost in, uh, they're, they're in an uproar in terms of, uh, they're very, very unhappy. And the annual reports from the Nissan dealers always rank Nissan dead last. I didn't know they were also the worst dealers, but for, when you for, treat people badly, sometimes yeah. they act badly. You know, well, stuff rolls downhill, so if the manufacturer's kicking you, then you're going to turn around and kick the first thing you see, and that's your customer. <laughs> I can, can I guess at number one? Well, that was the number best, one. Yeah. The, I mean, the best one? Oh, uh, sure. Honda. Nope. Nope. I'll nope. say uh, nope. either Lexus or Toyota. Nope. Ford. Okay, so, come on, let's go to this. Well, we can't spend the whole time, but what's the s- second worst? Ford. No? Yeah. Oh, second worst? <laughs> yeah. Jeep. Nope. Stop yeah. it. Stop it. Yeah. He's got to give us a list. Yeah. All right. So let me just read them down. So you, you, got, you were right on the first one. Nissan is the, is the, uh, is the worst. I started it. I'm sorry. You did. No, it's okay. Uh, so the next, uh, uh, Hyundai and Kia is number two. Oh. Um, they put them on the same, same line there. Number three is Jeep, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram. Uh, number four is Genesis, which is Hyundai, um, and often they'll be side by side. This is from the very worst. Worst, yeah. We're getting better. We're getting better as we go along. There's 12 on the list, so we're uh, mm. so number five. It's tied Ford and GM, oh, and that good. includes Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Cabby, mm-hmm. all all of them for number five. Uh, number six is Mazda. Now number seven is a tie between Honda and Toyota. Ooh. And then what? What's left? It just goes. It's the luxury. So That's you know, you yeah. have uh, BMW, Audi, Mercedes, Lexus, Volvo. And only non-luxury is Subaru. Is number eleven. So that's almost the best. The best uh, in terms of customer treatment, uh, Porsche, which wow. which is about one hundred. But they only have one customer. Right. I'm saying about thirty thirty thousand people <laughs> in the whole country. Probably. Interesting. But, um, <laughs> hey. So uh, as far as volume goes, it feels good. Honda and Toyota is up there, and. Uh, uh, and Subaru. Uh, Subaru yeah. has got a great reputation. And so. Marie Delgado, we love you. Yes, you we are love you, You're the most interesting person and uh, has most interesting questions and yeah. feedback and ideas. Thank you. Yeah, because let's get, I mean, every single week, you know, it, it, there's a little bit of uh, some anxiety. You got to have, we have to have good material during the show and something that's entertaining and yeah. informative. And Marie delivers week after week. You know, Jalopnik. Yeah. Is that, that's J-A-L-O-P-N-I-K? Yep. yep. Yeah, dot com. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Okay. okay. Um, we have another text here. It just came in. Uh, tell me your thoughts on rolling coal. I see these trucks all over Jupiter. Isn't this illegal? Why isn't it enforced? Uh, I've seen these. Just rolling coal. If you, do you know what this is? I don't know what it is. Uh, Rick could t- probably tell you how they do it, but basically the exhaust system is modified on diesel trucks to oh. it creates a they thick black cloud yep. of smoke that comes out when you remember they remember the other excuse me Stu, remember the other day Earl <clears throat> whenever I pointed out the truck that was mm. blasting out all this yeah. black smoke mm-hmm. yeah that's what the ruling I think my comment is you can always tell the IQ of people when they do that yeah and it's, uh, it's <laughs> I, mean, room, I call that room temperature IQ <laughs> exactly it's around uh, 74 75 uh, degrees uh, uh, degree. I think that they used to say this they used to say the same thing you just said about the IQ back in the 50s and 60s uh, and when right. these guys are running around <laughs> oh, the, uh, not only did they have a cap on their exhaust pipe but some of them even stuck a rag in their exhaust pipe <laughs> and then we can move on to bicycles where you put the balloon on it or a popsicle stick oh, those are cute. okay Playing I digress <laughs> that's right um, I don't know it's illegal I, it, it should be I mean is it I mean, Florida doesn't have any emissions uh, standards now, so... It's technically not... Ill- well, it, depending upon the what's done to create it, it may be illegal. Right. But 
to me, you got you're going to rank it right along with those cars with the big boom stereos. Yeah, those are supposed to be illegal if you can hear it clearly fifty feet away, but it's such a subjective thing. Yeah, that that's the, the answer. Find it unenforceable. Yeah. That's the answer to the question: Why is it enforced? Because it is subjective. The, the problem is, is law enforcement finds it impossible and impractical to enforce every law. Yeah, yeah. and you have to draw the line somewhere. And rolling coal yeah. is. I have a message for the people who roll coal. <laughs> you don't make people upset when they see it. Nobody. They laugh no, at you. Yeah, no. Yeah. We. I. I. I look at it and just like you said, just think, boy, well, that's a really stupid person. But I'm not yeah. getting emotionally charged over it. I used yeah. to say that it's about Hummer, Hummer yeah. drivers, but now they have an electric Hummer. Yeah. Yeah. Rick, what's I the payoff? I and feel pity. That's all I do. <laughs> what's the payoff? None. Ego boost. I. I mean, uh, I want to run for the for the hills. First of all, you have to be. A, you have to be a male to do understand. And you had to be a younger male. And uh, when I was a younger male, I just did some really stupid things. I know. I mean, that's the reason I can't run for political office, because if I ever ran for political office. <laughs> you can now. Yeah. I think you can now. It's, you think the statute yeah, of limitations any, is up? Now. Okay. At okay. this point, you're, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump over to anonymous feedback. I'll go to the most recent one. Uh, here's the question. It says, with the battery indicator light on and the alternator going bad, does that cause the daytime running lights to not light up? It certainly can. In modern cars, uh, especially those with electric steering, electric power steering, a weak battery, even with an alternator still operating properly, can cause the steering issues. So you want to keep up on that battery and alternator system. Make sure it's charging properly and your battery's in good shape. Okay. Okay, breaking news. We have our first female caller. All right from Gainesville, and I believe her name is Lonnie. Good morning. Hi, it's Rainy. Lainey, how yes. are you? Good, and you? Very well, thank you. You're the first female caller. Oh, yay, exciting. <laughs> yay, yay, you won yourself $50. Oh, well, thank you. And she's also the first new female caller. Thank you. What can we oh, do for yeah. you? Um, I was just calling because I was planning on getting a new car soon, and I was looking at Toyota because Toyota seems reliable, and I was wondering if there was a recommendation on a type of Toyota car. Oh, well, it depends. I mean, Toyota's got, like all the other manufacturers, uh, you know, cars and trucks and big SUVs, small SUVs. What kind of vehicle were you considering? Probably a smaller SUV. Okay, that's great. Um, well, I mean, we try to avoid being a commercial for Toyota, but I can tell you that the, the RAV4 is the small SUV from Toyota, and it's a great car. Um, we do recommend that you always go to Consumer Reports because... I think Consumer Reports actually rates the uh, Honda CRV above the yeah. RAV4. So I was getting to that. You ought, you ought to check the Honda CRV as well, and, and then you have hybrid versus non-hybrid. So, uh, yeah, check it out. There's the Honda... Yeah. And Toyota, you can't go wrong with either one of them. Yeah, exactly. And it's great that you narrowed it down. Uh, and uh, there's, uh, I'll tell you what, that RAV4, it moved into the uh, first place. Camry used to be right there for many, many years. So the RAV4, you just simply can't go wrong. But uh, as the uh, guy said, Consumer Report is a great place to, to go to get started. And also to give you just like a little uh, variation in price, Toyota and Honda, their small SUVs, the CRV and the RAV4, they're going to be in the mid 20s, mid to upper 20s. Um, they can get pretty expensive, all the way up to about 40,000. 
but you can look at uh, Kia and Hyundai actually have some decent rated small SUVs. Um, can't remember the name of, the, of their their names, but check out Kia and Honda too because you can get those in the lower twenties. One of my Soul. Yeah, the Kia Soul. That's a pretty. That's a real small one. That's like a crossover. But yeah, there's there's a ton of them out there. And right now, small SUVs like Nancy mentioned have taken over in this in the country as the number one volume type of car. It used to be a, like the Camry, like Nancy said. Now small SUVs are are, are everywhere. Lamborghini's even making a small SUV. Yeah, it's, that's probably Consumer <laughs> Report is a the Bible. We wouldn't be without it in our home. So uh, I want to thank you so much for uh, giving us a call this morning and being the first uh, of two lady callers. So therefore, you have yourself $50, and I certainly hope that uh, I hear from you again. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you. That was a lot of great information. All right. We're glad we could help. Have a wonderful day. 877-960-1960. And we've got a, a guest caller coming shortly, so we'll keep our eyes on the screen for Rich Gruber, who is a uh, radio talk show host from Janesville, Wyoming. No, yeah, I'm sorry, I'll, Wisconsin. I'll be watching for that. You and, know, I'm uh, gonna... He'll be calling in shortly. I think he said, uh, he said around 8.30, so mm -hmm. uh, we'd love to talk to him. He interviewed me on his show yesterday morning, and so this is reciprocating. Very interesting guy. Uh, retired from the pharmaceutical industry, and we were drawing some comparisons between the retail automobile industry and the pharmaceutical industry in terms of morals and transparency and ethics. It was kind of fun. I'm looking forward to Rich's call. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. And speaking of Rich, we have him on the line. Oh, good morning, Rich. Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. Nancy and Earl, it's great to be here. I hope oh. you folks are having a wonderful morning. Thank you. Well, thank you. And, and you know, I was, uh, I guess I kind of did an introduction, but um, if I just want to say that Rich contacted me. He has a friend in Jupiter uh, who heard Nancy and me speak at a couple of uh, engagements. We normally do a lot of public speaking, but uh, in the past year with the COVID thing, we haven't been doing that. And his friend uh, told Rich about uh, us and, uh, the, and the show and actually our book. And uh, Rich uh, bought a copy of Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer, and he read that, and he thought it might be interesting to the folks in Janesville, Wisconsin. So it's kind of cool. I love the idea of being around the whole uh, country like this, and first time I can remember being on a radio talk show, uh, certainly in Wisconsin, I think anywhere else other than locally. So, uh, Rich, thank you very much for taking the time to call the show. Tell you what, you have become kind of the talk of the town today. <laughs> um, we had a good time yesterday, uh, yesterday visiting, and, and I think we struck a nerve or two, which is not all bad. Mm -hmm. uh, it gets people's attention uh, on a lot of different levels, and uh, like I said, I think you're the talk of the town today. So congratulations, <laughs> <laughs> Janesville, Wisconsin. Wow, you said it used to be a GM town. Uh, uh, manufacturing plants. I guess they closed some plants there, but do uh, uh, you recall the plants that they had in, uh, in Janesville? You know, the Janesville plant up until it closed in 2008 mm -hmm. was the oldest uh, manufacturing facility owned by General Motors. I see. It, uh, it dates back to 19, 1918, 1919, era mm -hmm. when in fact tractor manufacturing company that uh, uh, they were able to convince 
GM to come to town and, and test the idea of GM selling tractors. It uh, didn't go particularly well at the time. It lasted four or five years, and they shifted the assembly line over to making automobiles. And, yeah. and they made automobiles consistently until 2008 when the last Chevy Tahoe was uh, was bounced off the line. And, and frankly, what the what did they end up doing with that Chevy Tahoe? It was given away to a charity, and I think it sits in a museum here in town. Yeah. There's probably a lot of ex-GM employees in other professions if they pulled up stakes and left town, I was thinking it's, sometimes that affects the attitude of, uh, of uh, the population. Uh, you know, they, if you have one big manufacturer that kind of dominates uh, an area, and uh, I, I don't know if any of the comments about my comments had anything to do with that, but uh, I was pretty critical of car dealers, and of course that's what we do. <laughs> That, that, that's one of the things that you have to, uh, uh, be, being on the receiving end, uh, we're car town. I've always been a car town and will always be a car town. Yeah. But what I find fascinating is we're the most objective car town that you could possibly imagine. It's, uh, every every brand and version of, uh, of uh, manufacturer being represented in our stable here in town. Your car dealerships, I, 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 I think I told you yesterday when I was talking that I had mystery shopped online one of your car dealers, and I don't want to mention any names. We're unusual here in uh, North Palm Beach or West Palm Beach County, and this radio station is highly uh, unusual in the fact that they let me name names and do anything like that, but uh, I wouldn't do that on another show, and I'm not going to do it now either, but uh, it seems it was interesting to me because uh, we haven't ever mystery shopped a uh, new car dealership in a you know in a smaller town like that. I was kind of thinking it would be more of a laid back, homey thing. Uh, what's the population of Janesville? A uh, couple hundred thousand. Actually, the market's about two hundred thousand. Janesville proper is uh, sixty-five thousand people. Yeah, but they were pretty pretty standard from my from my experience. As I think I told you that the one they had a small dealership, and uh, by definition, on a smaller town. And uh, they just absolutely would not give me a price on the car online. And that's a standard operating procedure, I guess, at virtually every car dealership in America. You really got to try to get an out-the-door price from a dealer. We did a mystery shop uh, yesterday here locally on a larger dealership, and the same thing happened. There was no way we would get an out-the-door price. So I guess if you had to say the one thing that is disturbing about a car dealership is you cannot get a price, a real price, unless you're ready to sign on the dotted line and get in the car and take it home that day. Well, and as, as times change, what I'm finding kind of fascinating is the fact that we, in smaller towns, really haven't adjusted to the idea that I can buy and sell a car online and, and do it just as, uh, yeah. as conveniently from the comfort of my own home. I use my son as an example. He was uh, relocating from Chicago to uh, uh the North, North Carolina area, mm -hmm. and um, they, they picked up a new vehicle in Atlanta, Georgia, because that was the dealer who gave him the best deal on the car he was looking for, uh, and his entire transaction was done online up until the point where he stopped at the dealer to pick up the vehicle. Uh, he was happy, the dealer was happy, and, and that vehicle still around doing quite well, frankly. Uh, and that's how business is being done today, but it's uh, interesting to see how we have adapted so slowly. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you. I think you, the last question you asked me before uh, I left the, your show yesterday was, what are the three most important things? And one of the three was I said buy online. Uh, of course, the other thing is I don't believe any dealer advertising. And the third thing I said was uh, be sure you get at least three competitive bids. So all of that sounds really neat and easy, but it's not easy uh, when you're dealing with a typical car dealer in, I'm, I'll have to say, the United States, uh, even in Janesville, Wisconsin. I used the example yesterday when we were visiting uh, the healthcare industry, which, which is where my roots are. I spent a lot of years in the healthcare industry as, a, as an administrator of a, a medium to large size health system. Mm-hmm. And as I read your book, what really struck me was the parallel in how business is done in both of those large segments of the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as the car car dealership world is adjusted slowly to uh, to the internet. Uh, I look at the transition that uh, medicine is made to telemedicine, where you can get on the phone and have a conversation with your physician. But in years gone by, that would just never, ever, ever happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, you know, I, I I hadn't thought about until you mentioned yesterday the parallel between the pharmaceutical business and the auto retail business, and uh, it almost makes me think. I'm mean, the thought that crossed my mind. It's a moral issue. It's an ethical, moral issue between corporations and big, especially big companies, and and what you and I consider ethics. Uh, there's really a, a. I don't want to get too esoteric about this, but if if you have a company, you have two responsibilities. One responsibility is to the stockholders, you know, fiduciary responsibility to make a profit, and as long as you make a profit by obeying the law you're fulfilling your fiduciary responsibility. But that doesn't say anything about ethics. And uh, it does, it, it also, there's too much flexibility. And the pharmaceutical companies are doing that today with the way they're, they're selling their products at extremely high prices. And some people can't afford to buy them, but it, it's maximizing the bottom line. Well, can you imagine walking into uh, a big box store looking for a piece of electronic and then the, the, the person in that big box store saying, well, you know what? I can't give you the exact out-the-door price on this. <laughs> we can talk our way through it, okay? You <laughs> um, leads to just a couple of industries, it seems, where, by golly, if I used the example yesterday, you got on the phone and you did a price check with the three big hospitals in the region and said, no, I want to have common, everyday, no complicated, no complication uh, appendectomy. Can you give me a round ballpark? <laughs> I would challenge you to come up with a number. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about it. Of course, I wouldn't price shop for my appendectomy because I'd probably be on the ambulance in for the <laughs> for the hospital but that's part of the problem you know when you when you need medicine and you need surgical attention and you need a doctor badly you're really not in a position to do a lot of negotiating and discussion so they have the upper hand it's sad i i uh, I, I look forward to some more conversations rich and i thank you so much for having me on your show and you're a welcome uh, guest to call back anytime you're a very interesting guy and i I can't thank enough. You even plugged my book, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer, and you talked about it being uh, available on Amazon, and and you, you talked about the fact that all proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue, 
I bet you've sold a lot of books for me in Janesville, and Big Dog Ranch Rescue thanks you, and I thank you. I want to say thank you so much, and I'm hoping, hopeful that this is going to be the beginning of a lot of a lot of conversations back and forth. I, I, I look forward to hosting you and, and perhaps Nancy as well on, on my show up here in Janesville, and I sure look forward to an opportunity to talk to your, talk to your listeners and talk to you. Thank you, Rick. You, you stay safe and be well, my friend. And you as well. Take care. Thank All you, right. Rich. 877-960-9960 or text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, before that call, I, Rick has some YouTube uh, input here we'd like to hear about. We do have a couple. Uh, let's see, get back here. Uh, Rainbow is asking, good morning, Earl and crew. Have a great day there in Florida. Can you tell me, please, is it worth the money to purchase a Lexus GX, or is the Forerunner Limited or TRD Pro a better value? Uh, main use would be for snowy roads here in Canada. Well. I, you know, the, the answer to that is uh, there's so many cars that you pay uh, for the name, and that sounds like a bad thing, but it's not really. Uh, the brand is very strong for Lexus, and uh, underneath the skin, there are a lot of Lexus and Toyotas that are the same. There's like Nissan and Infiniti and Acura and Honda and uh, Chevrolet and a Cadillac. So, uh, go ahead, you had a point. Oh, I, just, I had a thought, um, and Rick might know better than me, so I, the, the GX is, is a unibody sort of uh, SUV like most of them now. The 4Runner is still built on the truck platform. Yes. So, as far as like city driving and stuff like that, 4Runner is okay, but it's, I mean, it's great. It's just, but for that, it's got that rougher, truckier ride. It feels more like you're driving an off-road vehicle. Where the the GX is probably it's it's going to be probably more comfortable. It's a lot more expensive, so that's the, another huge consideration. Yeah, people buy SUVs not to drive yeah. off road anyway. Right. They, they they drive them because it's a macho thing. They do in Jupiter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, no, it, it's uh, I I used to get, uh, you know, I don't know what the word is irritated when people would buy a Lexus, and they had the same model Toyota for thousands of dollars less. But you know the funny thing is. The Lexus does hold it's, pretty, its value. It's pretty nice too. Yeah, and, yeah, and I drive a Lexus. Yeah, it's really nice. But there isn't a Toyota equivalent to my Lexus. Uh, I drive a 550, and uh, but there are a lot of Toyotas to which they're equivalent. And you get your money because when you trade it in, it holds the resale value because of the brand. Brand is a powerful thing in a car, and it has to do with the value. I don't just say brand alone, but brand enhances the value, and it certainly does in electric cars. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, my personal opinion about the Lexus, you know, it definitely carries a, a pretty heavy brand. Uh, but for my liking, I really don't care for that car in particular. You know, the, um, uh, the, the movement to all-wheel drive vehicles, I think we're seeing it in cars um, mm -hmm. and SUVs, that's great. I think even, even if you're in uh, Canada on snowy roads or in the rain in South Florida, it is, it is safer, I believe. And it's, uh, you feel a lot more secure when you're know, knowing that all four wheels, wheels are working for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, folks, we're going to go to Howard, who is a regular caller. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. I hope you all, I hope you all well. Yes. Thanks, Howard. And I'm getting a little feedback on this. Okay, so uh, uh, my, my, uh, my story today is about tinting. Uh, what's happening is... Uh, Tinted windows in, in uh, New York, 
it's, it's illegal. I was pulled over, and uh, I was told that I could not have tinted windows because New York doesn't allow for tinted windows uh, after a certain shade. Right. So they said they won't give me a ticket because I was a Florida driver. I had a Florida license. Then, so the cop let me go, and then I found out that they have to have a kit uh, to measure yeah. the window. That's right. And uh, they just, you know, they've just blown, blowing me off and saying I couldn't have uh, tinted windows. This was in 1992. So what I did is I. Uh, I removed the tent from the windows, and uh, then I felt safe. However, however, uh, the problem was that uh, I wanted to find out if it's legal in New York State, and it is to a certain extent. Right. In Florida, it's even... It, it can uh, be darker. It could be darker. Yeah, we know all about but, this. We, we got a great st- a story, Howard. Yeah. Um, Southeast Toyota, um, our distributor, which you know sells Toyotas and to all the dealers in the in the five uh, southeastern states, stopped selling window tent because of an intervention that Earl took. And what happened was the exact same story you're telling. So Southeast Toyota would sell window tent. Uh, it was legal for all the five so- the southern states, but it was too dark for New York. And and like you, Howard, we have a lot of other customers who um, are snowbirds. And they li- live up north and. Um, we had people like you who were getting tickets up in New York, and uh, we were like, well, how could Toyota be selling, or at least Southeast Toyota, uh, be selling this window tent when uh, p- you know, people can get a ticket for it? So they looked into it, and they realized it was insufficient just to keep it legal for the South when people are buying cars from up north and taking it up there. So they stopped selling it, period. But New York has a much uh, a lighter standard, and the police officers are supposed to have a, a meter, and they put a, a chip, a little color thing, on the other side of the of the uh, window, and they measure how much light goes through. And um, so you're taking a chance if you put window, dark window tint on, like a lot of people do in South Florida, if you're going to leave the state, especially if you're going to go up north. Yeah, my nephew was a police officer. He said uh, very few uh, cruisers had uh, this, this kit. And uh, they, all they could do is pull you over and, and, and warn you. If they didn't have the kit, they could not uh, give they, you a they ticket. They can't give you the ticket, and yeah. And if they gave you a ticket, you can contest it and ask, uh, how did you uh, surmise that uh, my, my tent wasn't, a, you know, correct? And they, yeah. would, they would say, well... It's like uh, challenging we a radar gun. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. It's not like a radar gun, exactly. Yeah. Uh, one other thing, uh, uh, Takata Airbags were also recalled on, um, oh, yeah. on an American car recently. I think it's General Motors or, or Chrysler? It's General, General Motors. Motors. General Motors. Seven million cars worldwide. Yeah. It's a serious problem now. So, uh, again, uh, if your car is 10 years old, I I, I believe you should uh, either get rid of the car or have the uh, airbags replaced. Or for sure Uh, run that VIN on uh, uh, safercar.gov just to find out if there's any recalls. This is going to open up a whole new world of mystery shopping in the next few months. Yeah. So there's the silver lining. Not to be ghoulish. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, thanks very much uh, for the information. And uh, m- my suggestion to, to snowbirds, don't get your windows tinted. No. Period. Really? Yeah. <laughs> thanks thanks so much, Howard. Your, your dealership doesn't do that. 
Am I correct? Uh, no, we do offer it. it. We don't do it at the dealership. Um, if somebody wants window tint, um, you know, we do advise them, um, and we have a company that we can work with. Um, it's all legal, um, but it's legal for Florida, and the same advice we give to them is if you're taking it out of the state, um, you're, you know, it might be legal here, but uh, it's their, their state laws are not national laws for window tint. Oh, okay. Great. So California probably has the same uh, situation as Florida where they allow... I'm going to bet they probably have darker than Florida <laughs> with, all the, yeah, with all the celebrities <laughs> driving around. They don't want to be seen. <laughs> In Arizona, you probably got to get black window tinting. It's pretty bright every, up there. Every state has its own law. Well, right. th thank okay. you. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too, Howard. Thanks for being uh, a regular caller. Yeah, one of my thoughts on window tint oh, is, is a safety issue. And I uh, listen and see if anybody agrees with me on this. When we are driving and we come to a four-way stop or you know all sorts of traffic situations, eye contact uh, to see that is this person looking at me. Uh, uh, you might say somebody you got you who got there first. You can go like you can make a hand gesture. Mm -hmm. uh, you can look at people. When you see a car that is totally blacked out, you have no idea whether they're. Uh, looking, uh, whether they're looking, whether they're passed out, whether they're putting their makeup on, whether you know, you don't know what they're what they're doing. I think that I think that it should be a law that your windows should be visible from by other drivers. Yeah. Mm. They should be able to see on the inside. Now, I know a lot of people out there will hate that because there are people that just have this privacy thing, and you see these black windows yeah. going around. The windshields, yeah. it's illegal to tint the windshield, so you can't do that. But yeah, when, I but, mean the windows. But yeah. when you darken the side, though, yeah. um, you're not as illuminated, so you're, it's, you're even harder to see through the windshield. So even, mm -hmm. I think that's the, they're like, because you, you're, you're at a four-way stop, you're looking through your windshield at people. Yeah. But if you've darkened all the other windows, you're in the dark. Well, sometimes and you're looking it. through a different window. I mean, you're not in the yeah. windshield mainly, obviously, but uh, depending on the angle, you're looking at the car. It's, it's just, I, uh, a, just a thought. Yeah, I like looking at the police through that dark dark tint and if you're a cop let's you clarify that, something who would want to walk up to a car that you couldn't see and it happens all the time mm -hmm. and you're a cop and yeah. you're walking up and you don't know what sort of a nuts in the car and at night it's harder to see yeah and to have tinted windows i i just don't like tinted windows very true i'll clarify who's uh, who's slumped over and who's putting their makeup on Anybody want to go first? Uh, okay, just putting that out there. 877-960-9960. That is our number where you can reach us, or you can text us, 772-497-6530. And uh, while I'm thinking about it, let's talk about Earl's Valanties. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't understand. I was talking about the Valanties. Vigilantes. Vigilantes. Oh, vigilantes. Vigilantes. Yeah, Earl's <laughs> Yeah, Vigilantes. We, we Earl's should, Vigilantes. We should sign up uh, Rich Gruber. I forgot. He's uh, Janesville. Maybe I'll ask Rich if he can be our Vigilante. We need somebody in Wisconsin. We do. And uh, we uh, and we have to do something, Stu. If this is your assignment, mm. get a hat or a T-shirt, uh, get a... Uh, ID card. We want to send somebody something to I have think we've some hats. I got the I got the logo. Oh, we've got to order some hats. And, yeah. we'll, and we'll provide hats, and we need to get organized on the vigilante thing. Yeah. I had a. I think we have an anonymous feedback or something uh, that we talked about involving uh, the uh, Sawgrass Arigo uh, Chrysler Jeep Dodge, and we had a we had a volunteer who should be a vigilante report a situation 
it was a perfect example of what vigilantes can do. And we were able to report this issue to the owners of Chrysler, of uh, the new Arrigo stores, and they, they, uh, the Larry Morgan and Brett Morgan, the owners now of the Morgan Auto Group that owns the Arrigo stores, uh, contacted somebody at the, at the uh, Sawgrass and Weston store uh, to, to make them modify a giant addendum label. So, need vigilantes, need you to sign up. www.earlsvigilantes.com. Yeah, yeah, now that I can say that word, vigilantes. I'm not supposed to say www, am I? Just Earl's oh, yeah, we better, cover, we better cover that part of it. www.earlsvigilantes.com. Right, www. <laughs> Do you consider yourself an auto expert? You know, you can help not only the uh, consumers out there, but everybody in your community. So uh, take advantage of that. That's www.earlsvigilantes.com. We are going to go to West Palm Beach where Bobby is holding. Good morning, Bobby. Hi, good morning, everybody. Um, I, was, I was one calling about the General Motors recall, which you just talked about. Um, and I did note that they made it, they, they were able to wait anywhere from, what is it, 13 to 7 years to recall the, the vehicles so they don't have to recall as many. Shameful. Absolutely shameful. They fought it, yeah. And they, and they kicked and screamed and, and complained, and the National Highway Traffic Safety Association had to force them. Uh, they have just absolutely been unconscionably, I don't know what the word is, uh, and, well, they're and, certainly not looking out for the best interests of their customers. Yeah, they don't care. It's a, it's a, it's a shame. Right. You know. and, uh, on, go ahead. My, my, uh, I wanted to move on to, the, to my next reason why car dealers don't care about their customers. I've been on a – I'm no car expert, but, but I am easily irrita irritated. So um, the fee that they add for service now, that 10% fee that they've been adding – um, I've been talking to you about it, and I wanted to follow up because I went for an oil change at Southern 441 Toyota, where they add that fee, and at least three service writers assured me that that fee was a state-mandated fee. <laughs> wow. Well, right. Said. That's what I said. I said, you guys are just crooks. <laughs> and and they, they don't bat an eye. When I say that, they could they could care less. They assured me, so um, I called the service manager, Chris McPhillips, no return phone call. So I told him, I said, if you don't call me back, I'm going to just file a complaint with the state attorney, which with the attorney general's office, which I did. So we'll see what happens. Good but, for you, Chris. Um, yeah, you, that's Bobby. priceless, Bobby. You guys are I thought crooks. that was a new level of... Um, <laughs> contempt for the customers to tell them it was, it was a state-mandated fee. And so I called them liars, and the people huh. that are waiting to be served, you know, they all hear it, but I don't know if anybody else does. But your show, your sure, your show sure helps get the message out for, what was that, Southern 441 Toyota? Yeah. Well, Bobby, you know, it's, it's entirely possible that they were told, the service advisor may have been informed by the service manager, or maybe even the dealer. I don't, you know, we, we, we attack the people on the front line, but I sometimes wonder whether they're car salesmen or service salespeople. I, you wonder where they get some of this 
nonsense to tell you that. Uh, in fact, they all said the same thing. You wonder if somebody didn't lie to them. Uh, clearly, it's a lie. Ten percent of the amount of the uh, invoice, right? So if you get a that's right. Yeah. So if you spend a hundred dollars, in the bottom it'll be ten dollars just for the heck of it. Called dealer profit. It's a, I call it the dealer, the service department dealer fee, and uh, it's something that I don't talk about enough. Uh, Bobby, thank you very much for bringing it up because it goes on almost as... It seems small, but the volume and service is so high that yeah. thousand, you apply to thousands of customers a month. And exactly. exactly. Hey, Bobby, before, before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like sure. to sign up for Earl's Vigilantes? You sound like as if that you're, uh, well, pretty well in control and that uh, you're an auto expert. We'd love to have you on board. Uh, well, I, I think I probably will. As I said, I'm not much of an auto expert, but I am easily irritated. So, um, well, think, we could use your passion. I love passion. Um, one, one last thing about that. I always, and, and the reason I, I went to Southern 441 Toyota was because it's closer and I don't have to drive by three Toyota dealerships. I take my major service and I buy my cars from Earl Stewart. Uh-huh. But, um, but, I, I do always say, when they tell me, well, every dealer charges this, I'd say, Earl Stewart doesn't. <laughs> and, and, they all, and I say that loud enough for all the people in the showroom to hear. Um, and, and they say, well, of course he does. He just adds it in. And, and, and it's simple. I say, no, I show up with a coupon for a $59 oil change, and they don't add $6 to it. It's that simple. They, they don't add it in. So well, um, I try to... It's I try not, to encourage people to go to Earl Stewart as much as I can. Well, stay tuned, Thank Bobby, you because so we're going to hear some more about uh, Southern 441 Toyota. That's our mystery shopping target. So you're, you're going oh. to enjoy that one. It's a, Absolutely. It's a doozy. It's a gem. Okay. And it sounds like Could as if that you're tired. Can you explain on the air about the vigilante program a little more? So sure. I, I'm not exactly sure of all of it. So okay. I'll just I'll say goodbye and listen in. Okay. Sounds good, Bobby. Uh, that is... Uh, www.earlsvigilantes.com and uh, if you consider yourself an auto expert I mean great if you don't that isn't the uh, qualification I mean we just need you to get involved like Bobby did expressed himself expressed his passion and expressed the fact that he was tired of dealing with dishonest dealers especially 441 the most important qualification to be a vigilante is to have the courage to speak up and uh, report uh, things that are not supposed to take place at car dealerships. Yeah, we could, really, we could really use your help, Bobby. Okay, that number is 877-960-9960. And you could text us, of course, at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. Okay, Rick's got a YouTube. I see the sign. We do have one more here. Uh, Ernesto was asking, does paint correction or ceramic coatings affect your warranty at all? And I had to actually look up paint correction. It's apparently when you have swirl marks and they actually do a, I I guess it's almost like a, a polishing that levels out the swirl marks by leveling out the, the surface of the clear coat or color coat in order to get rid of those swirl marks on it. I'm glad you Googled that. I've never heard of it. No. Nor had I. 
Yeah, I, I don't think it would affect it. I, you know, if, obviously if it damages the, the paint, if it takes the clear coat off or it does something, uh, uh, probably something uh, we should check with the manufacturers on that. I don't, yeah. I, I am not familiar with the process. And the ceramic coatings to me is the same thing as applying a wax. Sure. So that certainly would not affect warranty at yeah. all. If you, if, you, if you do something to the paint that causes the paint to become thinner, yeah. then you would probably be challenged by the manufacturer. If you have some, some, some problem down the road and they go, hey, well, you put some solvent on it, you know, and it's, it's, you thin out the yeah. clear coat, you, you cause it. You can measure the, th the, the thickness of the paint. There, there's a meter you can buy. They're not too expensive. That you can buy all car dealers have them to see if a car's been painted because it measures in the millimeters the, the thickness of the paint. So if you have a paint issue and the manufacturer or the dealer, as it were, would check the paint thickness in different areas, say, whoa, 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 on this fender here, you only have half as much paint as you do on the hood. Mm. So someone did something to this fender and it could be, as you say, a, a dequalifier for a warranty claim. Okay, let's go with the text, too. Okay. Uh, someone, people are listening to the show. So th this is a response to our earlier conversation about rolling coal. People roll coal to make a statement about how weak and feminine our society has become. When we see, whiny liberal, see a whiny liberal in his Prius, we <laughs> let him know that Americans <laughs> like big cars and trucks with power and strength powered by American oil. Good uh -huh. luck trying to stop us. Uh -huh. Well, I, we're not... We're not going to stop you and uh, have fun and just don't uh, don't get arrested and uh, yeah and grow up one day. Exactly. But, uh, Enjoy yourselves. We're all laughing yeah. at you. Yeah. But, uh, I did the same thing when I was your age. So yeah. uh, when you get a little older, a little wiser, yeah, you know, you'll find other things to have fun with. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, some people just never get out of it. But, you know, <laughs> you know, knock your what is it? Knock your socks you know, off. You know what I'd like to change about life? I'd like to be. Mm, I'd like to be 20 again, and I'd like to know everything that I know right now. How fun would that be? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do take issue with the guy's statement. He says, how weak and feminine. I don't think you should put weak and feminine in the same se sentence. Um, I probably could introduce this to some women. I could probably kick your butt. But anyway, let's move on. Here's a great question. I don't think we've ever had it before. How do I become a car dealer? I'm 23 years old. I have a business degree, and I'm considering applying for a job at a dealership, but I have serious goals. How do I get my own store? And that's from John in Pennsylvania. Well, it's a long, tough uh, road. Uh, the uh, car dealerships now are becoming bigger and bigger, and uh, they are being bought up in, in large groups. Uh, individual stores are uh, hard to find, uh, comparatively speaking. The biggest retailer of automobiles in the United States is uh, is AutoNation probably followed closely by Penske Auto Group, and there's a bunch of them, Sonic, and uh, you know, there's, uh, I'd say probably, I'm gonna just shoot this from the hip, 75% of the retail dealerships are probably publicly owned now, or at least by pr one private owner. So you're, you're out of luck. You can't own a dealership if it's an AutoNation store. You can be a general, general manager. If you wanna own a dealership, you have to find, uh, a private, uh, privately owned dealership, and you have to work real hard and hope that the dealer will recognize you and one day give you that opportunity. You save your money mm -hmm. and you uh, invest and you might buy 10% buy or 20%. You have to get approval by the manufacturer mm -hmm. before you can do any of this. That's not too hard. The hard thing is getting the, the owner of that dealership 
you'll agree that right. you have the talent yeah. and the money to be able to take over. I only know a few uh, a few people that that did actually did that. They went in, started selling cars, and they worked their way up. They really it's a, it's almost like becoming and not to over over glamorize uh, you, but it's almost like becoming a rock star. You might have talent, but you have to have be with the right dealer and really really stand out. But I do get one one bit of advice. Um, Focus also on the fixed ops, the service part of the dealership as well, because most general managers, they're a dime a dozen, and all they know is sales. So if you can show that you can know the whole dealership, you could stand out. And the one thing we left out, there's something uh, called an open point. And when a manufacturer adds a dealership that wasn't there before, so if there's uh, four dealerships in Palm Beach County and they want to add a fifth uh, Toyota dealership, uh, then they would find someone uh, that one of the dealership and actually you get what we call the ticket the franchise is free all you have to do is build the building and buy the equipment make the investment which is quite expensive the problem is it's pretty political and the chances are that a new dealership would go to an existing dealer but if you had a lot of political pull and you had some friends at General Motors or Honda uh, and you got an open point it's uh, it's like uh, free uh, money. I have taken really good credit. <laughs> I I have on um, two questions for you. Is it as political today as it once was when you got into the business? And number two, um, does the franchise hold as many rules yesterday oh. as it does today? Well, it's just as political, probably more political today. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's always been political. I mean, anytime you're awarding something worth millions of dollars, there are a lot of people in line holding up their hands say, get me. If someone, if a Honda said we're adding a new, uh, you know, uh, Acura dealership, uh, there'd be thousands of people that would want that. And then somebody in the hierarchy of the Honda corporation would make that decision. And chances are the guy that, that got it or the gal that got it uh, would probably have some some inside uh, yeah. track yeah. that nobody else has. Well, one thing. And a uh, lot of money. Oh, yeah. Uh, one more statement. Uh, all that glitters is not gold. And uh, there are so many dealerships, but you must have a, a brand, something that is so unique to make you a success. Okay. Let's go moving right along. Jumping over to anonymous feedback. Uh, it was mentioned on the radio program that the salt air can cause cars to rust from the inside out. When I look at the history of used cars for sale in Minnesota at dealers, there seem to be a lot of used cars from Florida. I wonder if they could be flood cars or salt-damaged cars, and the dealers are trying to make extra money. Sure. I mean, uh, wholesalers are very good at this. They buy cars in one area and take them to another. The biggest thing in Florida is they export them. You can have a car that's totally illegal to sell in the United States, hop bring it on a ship, uh, ship it to... Uh, to uh, Venezuela or ship it to Nigeria, they go all over the world. And unsafe cars with all sorts of problems are brought to other areas. Flood cars are often retitled in states that have sloppy title laws, hiding the fact that it's been totaled by the insurance company and then putting a wash title, they call it, and selling it somewhere place else. So buying a car is, uh, you need to be very careful. Uh, one simple rule, you're buying a car, used car, Get a mechanic and check it out. It'll tell you everything you need to know about that car, and the title even might not tell you the truth. Right. The vehicle history check um, can miss these things. Um, 
if there is it can be branded as, as a flood car but it's a really good question about florida just a few weeks ago at the beginning of this month we had a a, a brush with uh, we had a tropical storm or hurricane that hit florida twice we had a ton of unprecedented flooding in south florida um particularly down in broward and dade county and um, i guarantee thousands of cars sure. became flood cars just this month and they're going to go somewhere so watch out yeah, yeah. All Great right. advice, 877-960-9960, or you can text us, 772-497-6530. I have $50 for one more new female caller. Please give us a call. There's plenty of time left. You want to take advantage of that. I know you can use that $50 this time of year. The second new female caller. Now back to Stu. More anonymous feedback. I've heard Mr. Stewart talk about calling the Florida Attorney General uh, to report unethical actions by car dealers. Wouldn't it be better to send a letter with details? It's easy to ignore a phone call than it's easier to ignore a phone call than it is a letter. Good that's point. a great. That's a great uh, uh, anonymous feedback. It's true, and I, th I use that uh, probably Ashley Moody call Ashley Moody. We give the number out. Um, may maybe is to annoy her, uh, but yes, uh, we, you can download a form on earlandcars.com. We have three forms there. One of them is a complaint form to the Attorney General's office. One is a complaint form to the Department of Motor Vehicles. And what's the third one, Stu? County Office of Consumer Affairs yep. or the Florida uh, Office of Consumer well, Affairs? Yeah, it's part of the Department of Agriculture, yeah. and it's a subsection of Consumer Affairs. And yeah. they actually do take action. Yeah. Uh, a quick note, um, Better Business Bureau, it's nice, but there's they can't enforce anything. All a, all a business has to do is respond. They could respond to a complaint and say, sorry about that, and that suffices. Uh, the Department of Consumer Affairs opens an investigation and requires um, sort of a meeting of the minds yeah. with the business and the, and the consumer. No, you're absolutely right. The point is very well taken, and I give the same, I'll bounce this back to all our listeners. If you're going to complain about a car dealer, put it in writing. Email is your friend. A text is your friend. When you have a verbal comment, uh, it disappears, poof, it's gone. Because uh, six months from now, nobody remembers it. Even if you remember it, they'll tell you they don't remember it. Yep. So you put it in writing, it's there forever, digitally frozen in time for eternity. Absolutely. And, you know, folks, we can't do this alone. And even though we mention it on the air during this radio show, we know that there's somebody out there that's going to hear us. And uh, to the point of a letter, sure, that's fine. Email is fine. But we're, uh, we're exposing a lot of car dealers every week with the Mystery Shopping Report. But like I said, we can't do this alone. So that telephone number to get in touch with the Attorney General Ashley Moody is 850-414-414. 3300 give her a call leave a message talk to anyone that will pass that message on to her we really need your help with these dishonest car dealers or let's start giving out a uh, an email uh, or something because the texter is absolutely right we're giving out a phone number we'll get we'll get a, we'll get a either a text number or an email number put your complaint in writing to Ashley Moody that's a great idea. We should be. We should have been doing that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that tip. Okay. Uh, more anonymous feedback. H Happy Thanksgiving, Earl. I would like to ask about the dealer arbitration clause most dealers ask you to sign. Does this clause negate the Lemon Law? And can you expound on that? 
I, I, the Lemon Law is not a lawsuit. The Lemon Law is, uh, is an arbitration. And so you're really talking about an arbitration clause uh, banning another arbitration. You have a right under Florida law to arbitrate with the, actually, Better Business Bureau, I think, is typically the arbitration group. Uh, and uh, the arbitration clause would not negate that. It negates uh, lawsuits. Uh, and we think of the Lemon Law as a lawsuit, but it's really an arbitration. A judge does decide, but it's a special niche in the law. Okay. All right. Uh, more anonymous feedback. Hi, I was at my local Toyota dealership and saw them displaying the Toyota President's Award. They won it a lot in the late 90s and early 2000s. Is it hard to win? And have you all won it before? Uh, I can answer that. It's not particularly hard to win. You just can't be terrible. Um, you have to sell a certain amount of cars that, uh, to, to your market. You have to be sales efficient. And you also can't be in the bottom 10% in terms of the, the customer satisfaction surveys. That's pretty much it. And so, no, it's not hard to be as long as you're just not terrible. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to negate it. We've won it, I think, every year this yeah. century. <laughs> yeah, yeah we've, it's, uh, it's, it isn't that easy because in, in South Florida, yeah. uh, only about half won it. Well, so. cause that's the whole customer satisfaction thing. It usually knocks them out. But if you get knocked out for yeah. sales efficiency yeah. as well. Um, okay, I think we read that one already. Um, here we go. Uh, when trading in a car with some scratches in the paint, would it make sense to use touch-up paint before getting it appraised? I realize this is not ideal, but it could could it help with the car's value? You have to be real careful with touch-up paint because you often can make it look worse. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you're better off, especially with minor scratches, because a good body shop uh, uh, can t can make those scr scratches go away uh, a lot less obviously than touch-up paint. Uh, I would uh, have it done professionally, yeah. even if I had to pay a few bucks, uh, rather than try to do it myself. Rick? Or maybe try just a simple bit of uh, wax on it first, because sometimes those light scratches, a little wax, yeah. will make them vanish or, or even decrease them to the point of which they yeah, great don't look near Great advice. Bad. It's uh, like uh, the Hippocratic oath, first do no harm. Yeah. I've so done that myself. Don't, don't mess up the paint yeah. thinking you're going to make it look better. Yeah, I would agree with you after, you know, I've appraised a lot of cars and um, it, it, you know, it, you're not fooling anybody, and in some cases, you can make the, the repair for the dealer um, if they're going to repair the scratch a little bit harder. It's a little extra work to kind of repair the because it gunks up; it doesn't look that good. Um, I've been told another. This is a text message. Uh, I've been told by different service managers that the water pump should be replaced when the timing belt is replaced. Is this true? On most cars, the water pump is actually spun by the timing belt. So it's a good idea if you're already in there doing that job of replacing the timing belt, go ahead and do the oil seals and the water pump at the same time, just because with the age of it, it can't hurt. And it's, it's well, here at gonna Lemon save Lemon, you money in the long I, run. I was afraid you were gonna say that, but I, I, it, it can be true. And uh, it's become automatic and any car dealer or independent garage you go into will tell you to do that. The thing that's always bothered me, because yeah, one of the things I, I have, <laughs> one of my talents is I can put on my consumer hat really quickly. And so if, if the rationale is 
as long as you go through the labor to get in there and remove the was it the bugger? the time belt, belt, belt. Yeah. you're right there where you could take the water pump and and everything can be done if you have to go back and do the water pump later you're talking double labor right so you're saving I, 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 I get that but I can't get out of my head as a consumer what if there's just absolutely nothing wrong with my water pump I mean water pumps last you know depending on the car I suppose the quality and so on, and the maintenance and and the care uh, I just uh, I you're you you're an expert on mechanics but I just I can't this is the way customers think they think mm -hmm. w w was there something well we're supposed to do it this way we're saving you the labor but was the water pump bad no it wasn't but it might have been bad later uh, what what is the range Rick on water pumps in terms of uh, how long they can last from what 50,000 miles to 150,000 miles or easily and more yeah I mean some of the the, the quality's been increasing quite a bit uh, like right now my own truck 120,000 miles yeah still going strong what I what, what the customer should be told is the full unvarnished truth the fact that it's going to save you money if your if your water pump would be failing in the next uh, 12 months right if your if your water pump is going to fail for five years you'll probably trade the car and and be driving something else in five years so you have to get you have to the customer needs to be able to make that judgment give them the whole truth just don't say no you got to do it this way it, it always it always seems like as if that it's the water pump you know this takes me to my story uh I have brand new dishwasher gonna replace the pump I mean, this happens. On, this is going to happen on Monday morning. Well, guess what I'm going to do? I want to see the old pump, and I want to see the new pump. We're going. I'm going to take a look at that. I'm even going to video it. So, it, that that is a great question about these pumps that are just like they're they're doing it like as if that they're doing. Uh, back in the old days, you're taking your tonsils out for for no reason at all. I digress. Okay, eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And we have a call from Paul. Good morning, Paul. Hello. Hello. Are you calling uh, us from Missouri? Yes, ma'am. I am. I'm oh. the same person that called you the last time. Oh, really? Well, welcome again. Yes, ma'am. Uh, got got a question for you. Uh, I've got a. I've had a really blessed Thanksgiving. I've got uh, my wife's car paid off and two other debts that's been holding me back for some time, paid off, and I've got enough money to put uh, down on a new Toyota that I've been looking at. I talked to you all about that last time. And uh, my question is, I kind of feel like I'm getting a runaround from the dealership I'm dealing with. Well, Paul, uh, have you got prices from more than one dealership? Because the key to success in getting a fair price is to get at least three bids on prices. Uh, and in your area of Missouri, uh, are there three dealerships within a reasonable driving or uh, I won't say driving because you can deal online or by phone. Uh, how far away are the other two Toyota dealerships where you live? I've got one 48 miles away from me, and I've got one uh, probably just about an hour and a half or two yeah. away. Are you, are you anywhere near St. Louis? No, I'm about 120 miles south of St. Louis. 
No. What about uh, Kansas City? I'm sorry. I just I know a guy out there. I could hook him up. <laughs> well, yeah. if you if you uh, if you're willing to go that far, is, yeah, I, I I know what we can do for you, Paul. Is still we'll give you uh, contact information. A uh, friend of ours. You don't have to buy the vehicle from him, but you can contact him online. He'll give you a good price on the Toyota you want to buy. Take it to your local dealer and tell them to meet it or else. Now, you could be bluffing that you're going to drive 140 miles, and maybe you won't bluff because you might save so much money, it'll be worth it. But, uh, Stu, can, can you give him an email address? Yeah, well, just if you can just, uh, can you text me or email me? What would be easier? Uh, I can probably text you. Okay, uh, text us 772-497-6530. Okay. okay. Well, one of the questions I just need answered, that's a general question, Yes. is do the SEs come with a push-button start or not? Not the all-wheel drivers, the front-wheel drives. I believe so. They have the push-button. I'm actually looking that up right now. Uh, did he actually, did you put a question on YouTube about that? Yes, sir, I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm researching that right now to see if the SE does have that as a feature. Yeah, I don't, well, want, I, I don't want to go, like, <laughs> I don't want to guess. Sometimes the general levels have been, I've been fooled. There's but we'll look that up for you, and I'll, t I'll let you that know. When you text me, I'll give you the answer on that. And then, um, okay. then I'll get your information, and I'll call uh, my friend out there. And uh, What's his name? Um, well, we have uh, Joe Cardello, okay. um, and then we also have... Um, Oh gosh, uh, they're both at Jay Wolf stores, so um, okay. so we can uh, we can help you out there. Have no you heard of Jay Wolf out there, Paul, in Missouri? Jay Wolf. Jay yes, Wolf. I have. I've heard. I've, uh, I've looked up on his website. Okay, great. Yeah, that's uh, a, he, that group is. A, we have friends in that group. We'll get you a really good price. Yeah, uh, I'm not so much worried about the price. I think they're going to do me good on the price and everything. Mm -hmm. But. The, the features are what I'm wanting to know, and when I go up, when I look online, they have uh, they have cars that they're showing the price to, but they're not. But when I went up there yesterday, they didn't have them on the lot. Okay. Hmm. And uh, I'm just wondering, and then they say it's going to be a couple more weeks before they get any SE front wheel drives in, and uh, I just don't know what to believe anymore. Well, the, the the authoritative source, if you want to find out all the features, if you, just going to Toyota.com, uh, the manufacturer site, and you can they list all the features and specs on all the vehicles. So, and it's pretty easy to navigate. Um, I'm on there right now, and um, don't have time to find all the details on the show right now. But if you go to Toyota.com, just pull up a Camry, and uh, it'll let you know what the SE, all the all the equipment on the SE is. Okay. And will, will they have like options that you can put on, like push button start, if it doesn't have it? Or? It'll 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 list factory options that are available that Toyota provides. So um, yeah, it will have it'll have that. Okay, all right. Uh, and then uh, the other thing was the the lines on the backup camera. Will they will they turn on the SE? I figured maybe you might know that. Um, I don't think they do. I think they're straight. Um, um, but it changes every year. They keep upgrading it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'll text you here in just a few minutes. All righty. 
Thanks and I'll go, I'll go on the website as well. Thank you very Sounds much. Good. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for being part of the show, and thanks for becoming a regular. Yeah, Paul. And I'm thinking about being a vigilante, too, for this. Oh, oh please yeah. sign up. Go to earlsvigilantes.com. We need more. There you go. And yeah. if you missed any part of the show, remember it's uh, recorded, and you can catch us on uh, YouTube. You can catch us on uh, uh uh, Facebook, uh, Sketcher, uh, all over the place to obtain all the information that you need. Hey, Paul, on the on the SE, it is not uh -huh. showing Smart Key as the push button start is one of the options. It's showing it simply as the regular remote keyless entry with the regular key, but okay. no no push button no start on the starting. SE. No no remote start on that either. You can get remote start, but not the push button start. Okay. All right. Thanks, All right, Paul. Look for your text. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye-bye. www.earlsvigilantes.com. Your points, too, about going to the manufacturer's site. I recommend this on any make car. Uh, every manufacturer has a really good, accurate uh, website uh, on terms of product. So whatever product, of a, if you're looking for a Honda or a Ford model or whatever, go to the manufacturers, you know, Ford.com. Uh, or whatever the manufacturer's website is, and that way you get the unvarnished facts about the product. Yeah. You're not going to get good pricing information. You'll have to go, unfortunately, to the dealer for that. But if you have product information, that's definitely the best place to go. Mm -hmm. All right, jumping into anonymous feedback. Um, I love these. <laughs> Has anyone thought about installing prescription windshields for people who need vision correction? Whoa. You know, it sounds laughable, but I, I think that there will be something uh, available. I mean, if you can imagine it, it will happen, and it's going to happen. I mean, there's no question about it. I don't know. I feel bad it, for the passenger. No, well, <laughs> for my passenger. Yeah, if you visualize it today the way it sounds, it sounds ridiculous. But I promise you, there will be something in automobiles that will enhance your vision through. Uh, whatever, whatever we're looking at, we might even not even be looking at a windshield. We might be looking yeah, at a screen. They want to know if there's going to be prescription windshields. Yeah. Well, how about how about a a screen? Your a screen that you're looking at that is a TV screen, and 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 the and it will by software, uh, uh, artificial intelligence, set the granular thing to the view so we have a crisp view. It could be on a regular TV, too. I mean, it's just so exciting technology that uh, you can't rule anything out. I just, uh, I wish I could live another 100 years just so I could see what the vehicles look like 100 years from now. Mm -hmm. You know the one I'd like to see is, I, I know window tint is an issue, but up to a certain degree, you know, window tint is, can be very helpful, especially here in the sunshine state. It could be variable. I'd like to see windows where the tint can darken automatically and then lighten up at night. Yeah. It will happen. It will happen. I don't know what cars have it. I do know that uh, a couple of uh, Toyotas have the, uh, the the roofs that actually become opaque with the button right. push of a button. Right. Sure. Pretty cool. All right. Uh, here's a great question. What are people with large CD collections supposed to do now that most new cars don't have CD players? I'm an old guy, and I don't know what the hell an MP3 is. <laughs> You can convert your CDs to digital, and uh, but he doesn't know that. If you have a grand grandson or granddaughter, maybe they could um, help you out with that. But yeah, sure. we've run into that, and we've helped people out. Um, we've done that. We've 
converted uh, uh, people's CD collections. I remember uh, converting uh, cassettes because about 10, 15 years ago, cars stopped having cassette players. And we had some people that were very upset, huh. big music collections, and they had to be converted to CD. Okay. Now they need to come back and convert the CDs. So I think we are caught up right now with all text and anonymous feedback. Well, fantastic. Well, you know, I'm going to take a moment and remind the uh, ladies that uh, I do have $50 for a second female, new female caller. So uh, we're on till 10 o'clock, uh, and uh, I think our lines will be open for maybe about five more minutes. And also, ladies, if you'd like to join in Earl's Vigilantes, please do so. www.earlsvigilantes.com. Yeah. And now this gives me time for a commercial. I say we're commercial free. And so I want to let you all know that Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer is a how-to-do-it book on everything we talk about on this show. Matter of fact, you can read the book and you don't have to be harassed by this show. You can just go to the chapter on the area that you're interested in. And it really gives everything comprehensively about how to avoid being taken advantage of, whether you're leasing or buying or maintaining or repairing. You can buy it on Amazon, and uh, all the proceeds, I don't just mean the profit or a nickel or a dollar, a book, every nickel you spend on this book doesn't go to me, it goes to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. <laughs> exactly, and Big Dog Look Ranch out. Rescue, by the way, is the largest no-kill shelter in Florida it's an amazing, amazing place on Okeechobee Boulevard in Loxahatchee Groves. And we have hundreds of dogs out there. Lori Simmons, the founder, is an amazing woman. Uh, she flies dogs in from all over the United States and the world. Would you believe China, China. Puerto yeah. Rico? Uh, and we, we take dogs from other shelters all over uh, the Southeast United States. We see dogs all the time from North Carolina. So if you buy a copy of Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer, it's great to read for yourself, for your kids, your grandkids. Anybody want to buy a car? Or, yeah, it's a good gift, good Christmas gift. And every nickel goes to save a dog's life. We take dogs that are going to be euthanized from Miami and from Fort Lauderdale and from even as far away as Georgia and Carolinas. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, and we never euthanize these dogs. We find homes for them. We have the dogs been out there for a couple of years. Yeah. And uh, we find homes. We always find homes for these dogs. So buy a book, save a dog's life. What, what What's interesting about a Big Dog Ranch is every single dog has a different story. And it, as Earl said, comes in from all over the world. Go to Big Dog Ranch website and uh, you can learn about Laurie Simmons and what a God bless her. What a wonderful job she has done yeah, out there. Big Dog, BDRR, Big Dog Ranch Rescue, BDRR.org. And as far as Earl's book, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer, what an investment. It isn't something that you're going to spend $19.99 on and uh, you're just going to put it on the bookshelf. You'll be bringing it out all the time and referring to it because it has so much uh, information in it. It's phenomenal. You'll be glad you purchased it and you'll be glad you helped every single dog at Big Dog Ranch. Okay, we are going to go to Marty and Marty's calling us from West Palm Beach. Hi. Good morning, Marty. Hi, good morning. 
I just have a couple of quick questions for you. First of all, does every Southeast Toyota dealer pay the same for the car itself? Yes, they do. Okay. The, so the, the basic difference in the deal is whether if you have a trade-in, some dealers will give you more for a trade-in, and some don't make as much of a profit. They, they don't care about making as much of a profit. Marty, they all care about making a profit. Uh, they, the problem is that everybody pays a different price for the same car. And that's not just true with Southeast Toyota dealers, but any car dealer. So sometimes if you do your homework, you shop and compare prices with at least three dealers, you can get a really good price. If you don't, you pay a very high price for the same car. Uh, you just have to be vigilant, careful, do your homework. But the most important thing is to get three prices on the exact same vehicle from three different, you're talking Toyota, go to three different Toyota dealers and find the one with the lowest price. You will pay thousands of dollars less if you do that. Okay. And now the other question I have, have you ever done anything or heard of Prime Motors leasing? Prime Motors is a buy here, pay here company in Palm Beach County. And I've heard of them. They've been around a long time. They have a good reputation, but I don't know about the, you say leasing? Or is that Prime Auto? Oh, Prime Auto. Yeah, Prime Auto. Is yeah. that the deal man? Yeah, the deal man, yeah. <laughs> well, they've told me, and I don't know if there's any truth to it, <clears throat> that they can get a lease a lot cheaper than any dealer. Oh, not, I found them right now. They're, uh, yeah. That's not true, Marty. Okay. Uh, it's not true. Uh, you, you lease a car just like you buy a car by competitive comparison. You just have to keep the variables fixed. Always use the same car, the same number of months for the lease, the same down payment. Don't vary anything. Go to three different dealers and take the lowest lease payment. Prime is not going to get you a better lease rate, I promise you. Okay. Now, when they lease a car to you, let's say you lease a Toyota, would you be leasing through Southeast Toyota Finance or somebody else? Southeast Toyota Finance. They have the best rates. Usually the captive financing arm, whether it's Honda, Ford, General Motors, they have the best rates because they're actually subsidized to encourage the sale or leasing of those cars. If you go to an outside leasing company like Prime, assuming that's what they are, yeah. they can't be competitive. All right, uh, I'm not ready to renew my lease, but I'm just wondering. Sure, be, care be careful, be careful, Call negative. us anytime, uh, and comp competition is your friend. If you don't go to three different Toyota dealers and get three different lease prices, you're going to pay too much money. Okay, that. Now, one other question, if you if you got a minute. Sure. You, you every other Toyota dealer has a dealer fee. Yes. No, no doubt about it. You do not have a dealer fee. Yes. So therefore, you should be $1,000 less than any deal. Is that true? No. Well, not necessarily, because if you, go, if, you, if you go hard enough and compete hard enough, they will account for the dealer fee in their pricing. You have to get the out-the-door price. Once you decide that you're going to get the out-the-door price, and that is a price that you write the check for, hand it to the salesperson, 
and drive your car home, then that negates the effectiveness of the dealer fees. The dealer fees are only effective if you don't know about them and they spring them on you after you've signed in and think you bought the car. Knowing the dealer fee and knowing the amount of the dealer fee, I, it should be plural because car dealers have more than one dealer fee today. Our mystery shopping report coming up momentarily, there were two dealer fees. Typically there's two or three dealer fees. So don't even discuss dealer fees. Just say, give me the out-the-door price. My credit union's going to give me a check. I'm going to give you that check. I'm going to get in the car and drive it home. What is that number? What is that price? Do that three times and take the lowest price, and you'll get a great price on a car. Right. Yeah, I know one time, even though I wanted them to knock off the dealer fee, their invoice still had the dealer fee. They gave me, like you said, they gave me the price mm -hmm. that I wanted to pay, but they took, the, yeah. the, as far as their paperwork, yeah. the dealer fee was still on there, yeah. but the out-the-door price, obviously, was what I wanted to pay. That's like pulling teeth, Marty. It's the hardest thing to get from a car dealer, right. the out-the-door price. But you have to insist, and you say, right. listen, if you don't give it to me, I'm going home. And I'm going to buy it from another car dealer. So they have their choice, sell your car or don't sell your car. They will generally give you an out-the-door price when you push them hard enough. Right. All right, thanks. Have Thank a good you, Marty. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay, uh, I think that we're going to be going to our mystery shopping report yeah, from Southern. Later, after I do the mystery shopping report. Uh, we're going to go to our mystery shopping report uh, of Southern 441 Toyota, and you do not want to miss this. And uh, we've shut our lines down in order for Earl to uh, uh, talk about the mystery shopping report. Okay, as Nancy said, this week we shopped uh, another Toyota dealership, Southern 441 Toyota in Royal Palm Beach. It's technically the first time we've investigated them. The dealership used to be part of the Pinsky Auto Group. It was called Royal Palm Toyota back then. We probably missed you shop Royal Palm Toyota more than a few times over the many, many years. Three years ago, Penske sold it to a guy named Terry Taylor, and he's the owner of the largest private auto group in the country. He doesn't like to put his name on his vehicles. He does, I mean, on his dealerships. Uh, he, he likes anonymity. So I'm, Terry, I'm sorry I blew your anonymity, but you do own Royal Palm, used to be. Now, Southern 441 Toyota. Last week, you'll remember, we shopped Palm Beach Toyota, who did very well. We gave them a B plus, one of the highest grades uh, we've ever given a car dealership. And typically, we see C's and D's passing grades. But Royal uh, Palm Beach Toyota got a B plus. And we kept them on our recommended deal list. Now, I mean, it's unusual for us to mystery shop the same brand two weeks in a row, but Southern 441 Toyota got stuck in our, our heads after a listener last week wrote to us about them. The listener had received a letter, this is very humorous, uh, in the mail from Southern 441 Toyota promising a free certificate for a $10 discount <laughs> off the price of a hammer turkey. It looked like it was promising a free hammer turkey, but it wasn't. It was, it was giving you a discount right. off a hammer turkey. Free and, certificate. <laughs> so we called up Agent Lightning, our female shopper, to go to work. She was instructed to try to buy a new 2020 Camry SE, a popular model. After being presented a prize, she revealed that she had a competitive offer from another Toyota dealership. Uh, Agent Lightning had a, a picture of a buyer's order 
with a very low but realistic price on the same model to back up her claim. So it's a little bit more hard-nosed than Agent Lightning has been in the past. So it's difficult to go in there with a more aggressive, uh, demanding uh, sort of a demeanor. And so it's, it's difficult for a lot of people, and I'm sure for Mr. Choppers, although Agent Lightning does have a pretty strong personality, and she carried it off quite well. Uh, finally, Agent Lightning, Lightning was asked to really insist on getting an official vehicle buyer's order. Now, this is one of the most difficult things to get from any dealer. Now, we're just talking to Mar Marty on the line about what, uh, how do I get an out-the-door price? Well, to get an out-the-door price, you have to get the official document, the legal document that the dealership will be using to book the sale. If you don't, you're operating on a worksheet or just a scratch pad, and you have nothing in writing yeah. legally. And those worksheets will say right on there, this is not exactly. an official bill of sale. This is for information purposes. Yeah. So here I am in the first person as Agent Lightning. I arrived at Southern 441 mid-morning. Uh, I parked at Southern 441 Toyota mid-morning. I parked as I walked uh, toward the entrance. I was greeted by Elias, a salesman wearing a mask. That's a good start. He welcomed me to the dealership and asked what he could do to help me, or what can I help you with. I told Elias about the Camry SE I wanted. He was really nice, talked to me about the Camrys. He led me to where several were parked. He explained the differences in the trim level and said Toyota had good incentives on the 2020 models. We walked back to the entrance to the showroom where he asked me to wait. He said he'd be back with the car for a test drive. Elias continued to impress me with his knowledge of the details of the vehicle. We finished a short test drive, went back into the showroom. We sat down at the desk and Elias entered my info into his computer. He asked if I was ready to see the numbers, and I said I was. He left for a few minutes and returned with a worksheet. That's what Stu was just talking about. Worksheet, just like a scratch pad, means nothing. In fact, it says this is not a legal document, or these are, you know, this is not binding, and you're just, you're talking when, when these numbers are being bandied about. There's nothing you can enforce, and you still don't know the bottom line with a worksheet. This is not an offer or contract for sale, is what it says. Yeah, and you usually don't see that, yeah. and you think you're doing something official, and you shake hands, and they say, congratulations, you just bought a car. But you haven't bought a car, you've just got a bunch of scribble-scrabble on a worksheet. Now you're going into the business office, that's where you're going to buy the car, and that's when you're not going to be able to read what you're signing. And that's when you get the hidden fees, and you get the extra thousand, two thousand, $3,000 that you didn't know you paid. Okay, the top line on this worksheet was $30,064, which was hard to believe, $1,699 over sticker, over MSRP. He took off a $1,500 discount. This made my adjusted price <laughs> 200 over MSRP, or $28,564. Then, <laughs> he added $1,699 for a dealer appearance package. Okay, This made my total purchase $30,263, but wait, there's more. Then he added an $899 dock fee and a $279 e-tag fee. Now this is what we're seeing on the worksheet, but we don't know what would have happened later on. 
I, 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 I shudder to think what else could happen <laughs> later on. The effective stuff, usually you don't get these at this point, but every dealer is a little different. The effective sale price now was 31441 and now we're $3,076 over sticker. $3,076 over dealer list MSRP. I pointed to the top line, asked why that number, 30064 was higher than the MSRP of the vehicle. And by the way, a lot of people don't even know what the MSRP is. You should always look at the Monroni label of the car you're buying. Always know what the MSRP is, if for no other reason it's a reference point. And you need to know what is the price you're getting with respect to that MSRP. Uh, Elias stated that was for an addendum for a protection anti-theft package pre-installed on all their vehicles. He said normally there would be a sticker on the glass. For some reason, there wasn't one on the uh, SC that he was buying. She was buying. I'm buying. He didn't question that the $1,699 package was added a few lines lower. I didn't catch that until later. Yeah, that was really odd. So he claims the reason that sticker place was inflated by 1700 bucks was for the appearance package. Yeah. Yeah. But if you look down a couple of lines, it was itemized on the yeah. bar's order. Yeah. Jonathan's showing it on yeah. the video if you're watching. And that shows how fast he was. I mean, it was, he, he, yeah. he, he was fast, the fastest liar in the West because he just, he probably missed it himself. Yeah. And anyway. No accounting for it. Got, got an answer for everything. Uh, it was at this point when I revealed I had an offer from another Toyota dealer. Elias excused himself, returned quickly with his manager. Folks, if you don't do this when you buy a car, forget about it. You've got to have three offers, at least three offers. It's so easy today, unless you live in Missouri, like uh, Bobby or uh, Paul. Paul. And the, you know you don't have any close by dealers, but if you live in a, any kind of a metro area, get four four prices, five prices. It's so easy online, and use those prices to get the best price from the dealer closest to you, the one you prefer to buy from, and they will generally be able to beat the deal or match it. Uh, so he goes to the manager. Manager was very courteous, beginning with friendly small talk before getting to the deal at hand, and he wore a mask too. So. We gave them an A here already for their masks and their COVID uh, awareness and protection. The manager asked me to tell him the price I was given by the other Toyota dealer. He said he will beat whatever our price, whatever the price is, by at least $500. Wow. Everybody will always beat everybody mm -hmm. else's price. True to an extent. And competition is your friend. I mean, half of it's BS here, but half of it's real. When they know they have a competitor, you got their attention. Don't be shy about it. You know, people don't like to say, I'm comparing your price. I've got another price. People, uh, you're afraid you're going to offend somebody. Yeah, that's, why I, that's why I like doing this in email. I mean, even sitting down there, it is kind of, it, yeah. it is scary to do that with a professional. Like yeah. People don't like to do it. Yeah. Uh, I tangled him with him a bit saying, I didn't want to reveal my hand, possibly have money on the table. I wanted to hear the best price he could do. And this is really hard. He refused to come down on the price unless I gave up the I gave him the offer I had and he wanted to see it in print. And this went on for fifteen minutes or so. So again, kudos to Angel Lightning. This is tough to do. 
But this is the kind of thing you have to do if you're going to buy a car. Finally, he says that unless I show him something in print with a VIN, vehicle identification number, he can be sure we are comparing apples to apples, you were sticking with his price. <coughs> playing hardball. He's playing poker with you right now. He wouldn't have stuck to his price, but he's playing poker. He excused himself politely and returned to his desk. I looked at Elias and sighed, okay. I showed him my phone with a picture of the buyer's order. The MSRP of my competitive offer was $29,742. The sale price was $23,332. Out the door, out the door, the magic price, the magic number, 25124 he could also see the VIN as well as the factory package and options that were added. He would be able to very easily determine whether he was comparing apples to apples. He said he'd go speak with his manager, okay? Elias and the manager came back several minutes later with a new worksheet. The top line was the same, 30064 But this time, there was a $10,368 discount. Huge drop in price. Everything else was the same but the out-the-door number was $24,410, about $700 less than the offer I had from the other Toyota dealer. I said, everything looks good. I just need a buyer's order to get my credit to you. And he asked why I would do that, because they can't touch the rates we could get here. Now, this is just... It's just wrong. I'm not going it, to. It's true if they were doing the special finance, you get zero percent. But yeah. they were getting, they were doing a cash deal with the, with the, so yeah. they couldn't. If it was a manufacturer's rate, they can beat the credit union. If it's not the manufacturer's subsidized rate, yeah. uh, they but cannot. Beat but they're the using the dealer cash here. So. Exactly, cash. You know, so you can't use the rate. So mm -hmm. I explained that my husband handled all of our fin finances. This is the way he wants to do it. The manager said, if we're going to help. I get Elias, everything entered in the computer, he would get me into finance fast where I could get my buyer's order. I want to get you in the box, they want to get you in there. And that's where you sign the papers that you don't know what you're signing. I said I was not ready to go into finance, and I insisted again on getting a buyer's order. The manager said I'd have to fill out a credit application. I'd already told him I'm going to my credit union. He wants me to fill out a credit application or give him a $1,000 deposit for him to give me the legal document, the buyer's order, before I went into finance. Hardball, pushy, aggressive. How unpleasant. And again, kudos to Agent Under Fire, Agent Lightning passed her test. I asked him what it was he didn't want me to see if all the numbers were exactly the same as the worksheet. He said it was the same info, just legal size. Well, that's obviously not true. If it were true, why wouldn't you want to show it to you? I think it's bigger than legal size. These things are like four <laughs> feet long. We're at an impasse. I excused myself, walked outside. I considered my next move, ultimately deciding to just leave. So here we are. One of the more exciting shops we've had. Southern 441 Toyota swung for the bleachers on the first uh, pencil, we call it, the first offer. It would have been $9,000 profit. And folks, they make $9,000 profits on some of their cars. They do, and they make $100 profits on the same car to the sharp negotiator who has three competitive prices. So this is what car dealers do. If they think they have a mark, a sucker, someone that they can bowl over easily, 
they will give them a huge markup, $9,000 profit to that dealership. At first glance, it appeared that the manager was true to his word. He did beat the competitive offer by at least $500. However, neither he nor Elias pointed out that their vehicle was lesser equipped. He knew the MSRP. He went out and he got a lesser equipped car so he could offer a bigger discount. Competitive offer represented a $0 gross profit, beating it by $700 on the lesser equipped Camry. Still, the Southern 441, a $200 gross profit, which is not much on the car. So the nonsense uh, was uh, huge. Uh, the, the trickery, the, uh, uh, the aggression, it was a very unpleasant experience. But it worked. And if you, if you emulated Agent Lightning and you went in there and played hardball and you had, you know, imagine she did this with one competitive price, imagine what she could have done with two competitive prices. So remember the lesson. And I just, very few people can, can deal with this. And that's one of the reasons car buying is so unpleasant. There we have it. Mm -hmm. Time to do the scores on Southern 441. I'm so nervous. I, I, I kind of feel okay because uh, we gave a B plus to, to, to <laughs> Palm Beach Toyota. So yeah. no one's going to accuse us of trying to like, you know, you know, to hobble our, com our competitors. So you know we're being honest. We're recommending people go to Palm Beach Toyota. Um, Jonathan Wellington gives them a, a big fat F. Uh, Linda on Facebook gives an F. Mark uh, gives him for deception and rudeness gives him a D minus, and Bob, um, who is one of our vigilantes in Maryland, gives him a D minus. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to give him a D. I'm not going to fail him. Who wants to go next? Well, I've got uh, Tim Gilliland. Multiple dealer fees are multiple reasons to walk away. Aggressive tactics are a reason to run away. D. Uh, Mark Anderson says a D and A for all of Earl's great tips. Myself, I'm the D minus. Uh, I'll give him just barely passing yeah. the skin yeah. of the teeth. We got two more F's that came in on Facebook. Uh, Martha gives him an F and Mark gives him an F. Yeah. Um, so, ooh. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is a kind of a mystery shop that brings a tear to my eye um, as uh, as as uh, Earl uh, talked earlier about uh, Terry Taylor and that uh, he's the owner of the largest private auto group. My goodness, how much money do you need to make? How many people do you need to take advantage of? And ladies and gentlemen, this is the reason why we need the Attorney General, Ashley Moody. So please help us. We can't do it alone. And also what's really important, www earlsvigilantes.com let's try to get together and round up these dishonest dealers there's a whole lot out there and there shouldn't be by now we should be in control but we're not we need your help earl what's your grade on this one I, I, i'm going to go with your d i'm going to copy your d minus i i actually was thinking about giving him a, a failing grade uh, but i let my emotions uh, get carried away uh, the, they passed the test in terms of being not below the worst of the dealers out there, uh, or equal, I should say. They, uh, there was not any overt uh, lying, cheating,
stealing kind of a thing. It was just typical sort of, uh, of shenanigans. And uh, inflated price coming down $7,000 in one fell swoop, two dealer fees, uh, uh, salesperson misinforming uh, Agent Lightning, uh, but we don't know whether it was accidental or on purpose. Just a bad experience, but we'll give them a D-. We need to emphasize more the level of grades that we give, because here we have two Toyota dealers. Last week, a B plus, this week a D-. So if you're thinking about buying a car from either Southern 441 or Palm Beach Toyota, buy it from Palm Beach Toyota. I got an idea. Let's, we'll revamp the recommended dealer list. Let's stop having it recommended or not. Let's give grades. Uh, we'll have to go back. We don't remember the grades on some of them. Just basically, you can yeah. grade them. And if you want to go to a, a D minus place, you're taking go there. chances. If you want to go to a B plus place, you're yeah. probably going to have better luck. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, and and ladies idea. and gentlemen, like if you didn't catch my vote, it was an F. Yeah. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Hey, Anne Marie texted us real quick. She has some, uh, something really good to point out. She says she liked making an observation when you advocate that people contact Ashley Moody. Uh, before enforcing legal dealer practices, please tell them to mail or email her. We talked about this earlier instead of calling her. That's because letters and emails to the government personnel are public records. Phone calls are not public records, and they're easier to ignore because there's no paper trail with them. Another so fantastic yeah. from Anne Marie Delgado. Do we have time for Rick's YouTube, Jonathan? Yeah. Okay. Let's have uh, YouTube. Get this up here. Uh, Justin Thomas. He says, if I buy a car from a different state. Who's responsible for the shipping as a negotiable, and can I have it shipped to a dealership close to me to have it inspected? Well, sure you can. It's all a question of cost, and uh, you should get uh, be sure you're getting a fair price on shipping. Uh, there's a lot of car carriers out there, a lot of shippers, and you should shop around, get a quality, reliable, bonded. I, I think it would probably be pretty unlikely to, for a de dealer to let you just ship a car for an inspection, I don't think they're they're going to want you to pay in full for that car before it leaves their lot. Unless lives. you paid for the shipping there and back, which you wouldn't want to do. Uh, they probably want you to pay for the car before they gave it without a buyer's order and getting paid in full. But um, you, I don't know. <laughs> but definitely, you can have it shipped to you. Um, uh, it to, sounds to like buy. he's looking at a used car. Yeah. For the idea of having it inspected. Yeah, so. that's they probably won't ship it for an inspection, but um. If you can, if you can, you know, fly out or drive to the dealership, uh, maybe they'd go with you to, you know, it'd be, it's kind of tough there to do that out of state. If it was a particular car to, you were looking for, it might be worthwhile. Mm -hmm. To our listeners, uh, to our callers, our texters, our YouTube, uh, everybody, you do make the show. You're very, very important, and we enjoy your company. So stay tuned next week for Earl Stewart on Cars. We would love you to keep your mask on, stay safe, and to hear from you next week. Have a great weekend.